The Lord be with you. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to John. Jesus said to his disciples, As the Father loves me, so I also love you. Remain in my love. If you keep my commandments, you will remain in my love, just as I have kept my Father's commandments and remain in his love. I have told you this so that my joy may be in you and your joy might be complete. This is my commandment. Love one another as I love you. No one has greater love than this to lay down one's life for one's friends. You are my friends if you do what I command you. I no longer call you slaves because a slave does not know what his master is doing. I have called you friends because I have told you everything I have heard from my Father. It was not you who chose me but I who chose you and appointed you to go and bear fruit that will remain so that whatever you ask the Father in my name, he may give you. This I command you, love one another. The Gospel of the Lord. St. John, the beloved disciple, in all of his writing, reflects deeply on this dynamism of love, which makes sense because he was the beloved disciple. It was his kind of vocation to let himself be loved by our Lord or for himself to be the one that our Lord loved. And St. John Paul II, in his first encyclical letter, Redemptor Hominis, wrote these words, which he then quoted again and again and again and again in other documents. He said, man cannot live without love. He is a being that is incomprehensible for himself. His life is senseless if love is not revealed to him. If he does not encounter love, if he does not experience it and make it his own, if he does not participate intimately in it, 
He's a being that is incomprehensible for himself if we don't find ourselves in the midst of relationships. If we don't find ourselves living out the life of communion that our Lord has called us to. And when John Paul II talks about love, and a lot of people, they quote him, when he talks about love being a gift of oneself. A gift of oneself. And a lot of times when we hear that, we understand it as making sacrifices for others or pouring ourselves out for others just as Jesus poured himself out. But in one particular passage, John Paul II said this. He said, gift signifies the gift given. It also signifies the gift received. And it also signifies the relationship that's established by the gift. So that means that love is sacrificial. It's something that pours itself out. It's also an act of receiving the love of another or letting ourselves be loved. And it signifies the relationship between two people. And so one of my favorite questions that I ask my spiritual directors is, what's more important, to love or to be loved? And to love or to be loved? And inevitably, most people, they will, like, say, to love. Because it's better to give than receive, or it seems like we should be more focused on sacrifice than on what we need. But in 1 John 4.10, we read, It's not that we have loved God, but that he loved us. It's not that we have loved God, but that he loved us. The first and most fundamental thing is that God loved us. And there's an order of love, and the order of love is that we first find ourselves in that relationship with God. We surrender to him. We surrender to him. And surrendering to him means that we kind of let down all the walls that we hold up. We allow ourselves to be vulnerable. We allow him into every aspect of our life. We try to stop controlling things or we try to stop doing everything by ourselves. We entrust our hearts to him. And this is what our Lord is also proclaiming to his disciples in the gospel reading today. As the Father loves me, so I love you. So from all eternity, the Father pours himself out in love to the Son. The Son entrusts himself to the Father. And then we enter into that relationship with Jesus. Everything that Jesus experiences with the Father, we experience with him. 
So just as the Father loves him, so he in turn loves us. That we might respond to him and surrender to him. And he says that we surrender to him by keeping his commandments. That every act of obedience, when we're obedient to Jesus, it's not a begrudging kind of obedience, but we do it because it's a way of surrendering our hearts to him. It requires that we recognize everything that he's done for us, that he wants our good, that he came to bring us salvation, that he wants to heal everything that's wounded, that he wants to supply everything that's been missing in our lives. So in a real profound way, obedience to Jesus means surrendering to his love. And when we do surrender to his love, it's then that we find joy. It's then that we find joy. And when we talk about this order of love, it's really important because we live in a selfish world. And sometimes we kind of criticize everybody for being selfish, the world for being selfish. Like, young people are so selfish, they just care about themselves, they're super entitled. We say that all the time. Well, I hear people say it all the time. And the temptation we can have is a temptation to say, well, because they're so selfish, they need to learn to give more. Like, they need to learn to give more. Because they're selfish, the solution will be that they'll, they need to go do more acts of love or acts of service, and that will somehow make them unselfish. But I'm not really sure about that. Because it's not that we have loved him, but that he loved us. And really, the most selfish thing we do is to like, declare our independence and say, I don't need people. I'm not going to let anybody into my heart. I'm never going to be vulnerable to anybody. I'm not going to really share my life. I'm just going to spend my life serving people. And those of us who identify as like codependent, service, hero, rescuer people, not that I know anybody, but that's what we do. We spend our lives trying to serve, 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 thinking that at some point, because I've given so much, like I'll just feel full. And when we think about young people today, like they, what's missing in their life, what's missing in their life is being loved by someone. So I'm not always sure that they're selfish. I think they just have affirmation deprivation. Like affirmation deprivation means like nobody's ever sat down with them and told them that they were good, that it was good that they exist, that they're a gift. When they were really young and they needed a hug, their parents gave them a tablet. When they were lonely, somebody turned the TV on for them. 
instead of spending time with them. Their best friends are on the internet, on social media platforms, and nobody really ever spends time with them. And so, of course, that the fact that we're created for love by our nature, that we're incomprehensible to ourselves if love is not revealed to us, if we don't encounter it, experience it, and make it our own, it shows up in this desire for attention or this desire to be affirmed, this desire to be recognized. And so the cure for selfishness might actually be to fill that person with love and affirmation. It's not selfish. The same thing applies in our own spiritual lives, in our own hearts. It's not selfish to go into prayer and just like desire for our Lord to, lo- to love us. Sometimes I'll ask people, like, how do you pray? And they'll say, well, I pray for everybody, and I have all my people that I pray for, and I do these things. Do you ever pray for yourself? Well, no, because that's selfish. It's not selfish. It's manifesting a desire to live out our identity as beloved sons and daughters of the Father. You know, in fact, if we spent most of our personal prayer just expressing that desire to be filled with the Holy Spirit, that desire for our Lord to heal whatever needs to be healed in our own hearts, that desire to know what it is to love, then we would, in fact, have more energy more strength and more joy to go out into the world and to pour that out into others. And so, as Jesus says, as the Father loved me, so I loved you, and we say, as Jesus has loved me, so I love you. To whoever we find there. And this should be the primary desire of our hearts that drives our lives to fall more and more in love with Jesus. It should be the thing that's most in our hearts to fall more in love with Jesus. Because he is the source of our joy. He is the one that makes the rest of our lives make sense. And he's the one that teaches us what it means to truly live and to be in love with the Father. Now, I was asking a seminarian recently about celibacy, and I asked him this question. I said, so is celibacy, is it a positive good for you? 
Because there's something that you desire to do because it's good for you. Or is it a discipline you have to follow so that you'll be able to do the things that a priest does? And he kind of just looked at me like, uh, I've never thought about that before. Because unless it's a positive good in our lives, then we'll have a life that has no joy. Or for a married person, is fidelity in marriage something that is life-giving that, you know, you do because it's good for you? Or is it like something you have to do in order to keep up social norms and not fall into mortal sin or something like that? Like, yuck. But the difference is, like, do I, am I driven by finding myself in love? And it is a lifelong journey of falling in love with our Lord. You know, a lot of times when I give talks, I talk about encounters I had with my father and how my father was an alcoholic, and he was, he was sober for most of the time I was growing up, but kind of distant, and, and I carry a lot of wounds from that. But one of the things that happened at the end of his life, he had cancer, and he was suffering for a very long time. And it happened very suddenly. And in the midst of that suffering, I watched him learn very quickly what it means to surrender to our Lord. And one of the last things that he ever said to me was, I never really knew how to love, but Jesus is teaching me now, and I'm learning really fast. That should be something that each and every one of us desires to be able to say. And so today, let us pray for the grace to surrender our hearts more and more to our Lord, to allow him to transform our hearts in his love. That we may learn to be fully alive. And most especially that we may come to radiate his love, his joy, his graces to each person in our community, in our family, each person that we encounter in the world.